0: Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. This is our first episode of 2024 in year number 7. Happy New Year to you, buddy. Happy New Year, Joe.
1: 22 days. Happy New Year. uh, First podcast of the year.
0: Yes, we are 7 years into this journey of a podcast life that we've been doing. Um, This is also episode 201 um, so we've been doing this for a while. And again, uh, mostly credit to you guys for listening because I think Joe and I have fun doing this. and We'd be talking about this stuff anyways. Yeah. But the fact that you guys are listening and supporting and being there and sharing kind of doing all those things. Um, laughing is, laughing yeah, at us. Laughing with us, laughing, laughing at us, us, whatever you're doing. Yes. I'm um, greatly appreciated. I know it's been a long time since we've been on the pod. Uh, since we've been online as a lot of you guys can maybe attest to in your own lives the beginning of the year can be stressful and things happen you got to kind of get right kind of the dates and we had a fun time the other Monday night we'll talk about that probably not this week but maybe you know the week after um, to kind of share what we've been doing not that we've just been at home kind of yeah. not doing stuff we have been busy doing other stuff and working um, and we'll share that stuff with you guys at some point but um, but I don't see any foreseeable reason why we're not going to get on a more regular schedule yeah. kind of going forward and hopefully get weekly releases mm-hmm. um, going forward. But again, thank you guys so much to all of you guys that are listening. And I know I've heard from a lot of you that have been waiting for a new podcast and it has been a long time. I do acknowledge that. Uh, but we are here to give you guys hopefully what you well, want. What we usually um, do. Yeah. yeah. We're here. Um, general updates. Kind of little stuff, um, we're going to talk some some 2023 recap stuff, um, some Golden Globe Emmys kind of recap. We'll talk about the end of the DCEU, and then um, we'll do a little theme park stuff. We'll get to that kind of when we get there, but I, I did want to touch on that. Um, kind of do a little bit better job than we did the end of the year stuff with 2023. General update, kind of news and notes kind of happening now. Uh, I'm going to review the MCU's uh, What If Season 2 and Echo um, I'm going to say that I enjoyed Season 2 of What If more than I enjoyed Season 1. Um, I felt that they brought in a lot of new characters, sure. There are certainly the, the regular stalwarts, right? There was a Captain Carter episode and, you know, things like that. But what I liked about Season 2 is is all of the episodes were standalone episodes. It didn't really lead to kind of like a big Avengers culmination event, and that's kind of Again, having these standalone single episodes, that's what the what if comics were. The what if comics were really just one episode kind of here or there. Got it. Um, and I really like that again, I, I like the fact that you know, the other had an episode with like you know Doctor. Strange Supreme, right I mean it was cool to have these voice actors come back. The ones that did come back yeah um, you know cool. it was really cool that Kate Blanchett came back to Do Hella for an episode. that was really cool. Again, there's still certain ones. RDJ's not coming back to do Iron Man. Chris Evans is not going to do Captain America. Mm-hmm. Um, Scarlett Johansson's not doing Black Widow. right? I mean, some of those things. But, you know, I mean, uh, Mark Ruffalo's doing Hulk still. Um, Chris Hemsworth is doing Thor. Benedict Cumberbatch is still there. Yep. right? There's still enough uh, of the regulars to where you're like, oh, this is cool. Um, and again, some cool new episodes, some cool new storylines. Um, some random team-ups, right? Iron Man and Gamora, which was kind of a cool team-up to see. Um, so yeah it was just really unique it's really fun Um, there was kind of an homage it's really cool there was an homage to to die hard Um, it was kind of like um, how
1: the movie
0: the movie yeah so they they released these episodes december 22nd all the Uh, way through the 29th or something like that that or the 31st or something was like daily Um, and the episode on christmas eve the 24th is what if happy hogan saved avengers tower Um, and so it's almost like avengers tower got taken over uh, by terrorists, basically, and Happy Hogan kind of does the John McClane thing. Again, again, it's a what if. It's really kind of this fun thing, but again, Happy, John Favreau comes back to voice Happy Hogan, like it was clever. kind of fun and clever. clever. So that was really unique and fun.
1: Except it was um, probably PG rated.
0: Of course it was. Absolutely. No Yippee Ki No, there was no. Um, mm-hmm. And again, Jeffrey Wright back as the voice of the Watcher, um, as well. Again, has a very you know distinct kind of baritone, deep voice, um, and, and he's great right he's done lots of voice work and you know other work and stuff like that so it was really really nice i liked season one but i thought season two um was better cool. um to be honest and i cool. um you know there and marvel and disney have had such such success with what if um, and we're going to talk about this maybe next week but i'll just say it right now um they've already announced this, this isn't breaking news or anything but disney has commissioned lucasfilm to do a what if um for star for wars, star wars. Again, uh, you know, lots of little things, right? I mean, there's only nine movies for Star Wars, so I don't know how many what-ifs hmm. we're doing, right? I mean, are, you know, what if... I don't know, what if Anakin loses the pod race? I mean, I have no idea what these what-ifs would be, right? I mean, or, or whatever, but I mean, I, they're, you know, MCU clearly has had... This has been somewhat successful for them, so Disney hmm. kind of capitalizing on it. Nice. Again, I feel like Marvel obviously has lots more movies and characters that they've introduced... If you're Star Wars, you can't really do like expanded canon stuff like that because then people won't really know the characters or things like that. So uh, there's that. Uh, Echo season one, or probably the only season. um, It was TVMA. Was on both Disney Plus and Hulu. I liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, You can tell that the
1: show was reworked a lot, right? It was one of those to make it what more just in general. Yeah, I mean to make it it more violent. Both okay. probably so it um, wasn't.
0: I don't know, I mean, how violent. I just, I mean, I, I've heard, and again, some of these things are speculation, but a lot of right, Echo was one of those shows that, that Marvel reshot a lot, right? It was delayed mm. six months, oh, it was delayed right. eight months, and this is kind of when Marvel was getting a lot of bad press kind of early on last summer. And people were not happy with Echo, which is why Daredevil gets inserted into it. This is why Kingpin gets a bigger role. Mm. Um, right, the series was originally going to be like eight or ten episodes. This got pared down all the way to five episodes. Mm-hmm. Right, it really kind of focused the story to Maya and then Kingpin, kind of adjacent. Uh, but having Vincent D'Onofrio was a big assist to the series. I mm-hmm. think um, he's so good. He um, the fight between Maya and Daredevil, right between Echo and Daredevil, was great. It was really cool to see it. Um, probably one of the better street level fights um again there was a point when marvel was like hey we're going to bring these new characters in but they're not going to be connected to the netflix shows and now they've officially said the netflix shows are canon mm-hmm. basically so again all of you know all of these stories are now kind of going to coalesce together which i think is a smart move right for the most part those netflix series are very much beloved yeah um and again this really ties were in nicely 100 percent. yeah yeah And again, it opens the door for those characters to come back, right? Mm -hmm. You know, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and stuff like that. Um, Iron Fist, if you really want to. You know, the Punisher. John Bernthal has already said he's Mm -hmm. coming back. He's kind of confirmed for Daredevil, Um, so that would be cool for John Bernthal to come back. Um, He's a good actor. But yeah, I mean, and again, it really ends. I don't want to say nicely for Kingpin, but it ends. It ends where I think I want it to go. Okay. Um, And and that was very cool. And again, it made me like the character of Maya a little bit more um Maya was very much kind of a, a side character in hawkeye didn't get a ton about her background or her story and now you get a whole bunch of that um certainly a different aspect a different kind of story a different community that you've ever really seen in mcu film which is interesting to see um and again she is really like a street level hero right she doesn't have superpowers like she's she she can't speak she has a prosthetic leg like she's really kind of earned her skills you know, in a lot of ways, like these street level characters do, right? Just by hard work and getting good and all these things. So it was interesting to see that.
1: An electric kind of character.
0: Absolutely. 100%. That's a great, that's mm-hmm. actually a great uh, example uh, of a character that you could could categorize her with. Um, this has really kind of reinvigorized, reinvigorated my interest kind of in the Daredevil show coming up. Not that it was like super waning or anything. But again, I, I think there is a Marvel, the comics, they've always kind of had this niche level this niche corner of street level heroes right like a daredevil or things like that really mostly in new york city which is again makes sense yeah 100 percent, because that's where marvel their offices were right that's where they used to write comics from and things like that um and then of course you could have a spider-man pop in every once in a while because he's right there (laughs) um but again really it was it was you know there's avengers and x-men and fantastic four and all these things happening and then there's these characters that in theory, you could walk down the streets of New York City and see, right? You could see Kingpin pulling up in a limo in Manhattan, right? I mean, it's all these things. So um, very, very cool. I'm very, very pumped about both of those shows. Again, not a lot of Marvel stuff coming out um, this year. right? We talked about Deadpool 3 being the only film, but you know, Agatha, probably gonna be Covenant a big of Chaos. One. Right, it's going to be a big movie. So we'll see. Uh, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, which came out in 2023. I can't believe we're saying last year for 2023. It has been renamed Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning. They dropped the part one. The next Mission Impossible film is going to be retitled. Again, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning was not a box office success. We'll talk about that a little bit kind of later on. It got sandwiched out basically by Barbenheimer, if you, if you want to call it that, right? It, just, it was the one kind of big Hollywood film that didn't hit, um, and so maybe there is this idea of if we just put, despite all the glowing reviews and stuff like that, maybe if there's a way to just kind of put a new film title on it, people will come back hmm. to the Mission Impossible versus seeing, you know, Dead Reckoning Part 2, why well, I didn't see Part 1, do I have to see it, right, kind of all these things. Yep. Um, or maybe they could just be going in a different creative direction, right? Hmm. They're still shooting the film. Um, so it could go either way. Joe, I put this one, this last one in here specifically for you. You're more <laughs> of a video game expert of the two of expert. us. Expert. Um, of the two of us. Um, there's a, a game trailer. Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. This has gotten a lot of buzz. Um, the one thing that's unique about this game that I'm told that doesn't happen a ton is you're basically the first person player, right? So you're playing as Indiana Jones. Am I correct in in saying that? Uh
1: mean sorry, I didn't quite follow you. It's that you playing a first person character is that right.
0: does that mean you're playing at what is it? What's the right. what's the correct the language? Person,
1: the first person they call it first person shooter, where you're looking, okay. where you're basically your eyes. The camera is the eyes of the character. Now I'm not sure what you meant when you said that this is the first. Is this the first time that Indiana Jones has a game? That Indiana. Jones- I don't
0: think it's a game, but you're the first time you're playing as Indiana Jones.
1: Okay, that could be true. Okay. I cannot recall off the top of my head unless there was some really, really old pixelated like Atari game of some kind. I right. don't know. There. I mean, uh, yeah, that's actually a good point. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, did the link, did, did, does the trailer look good? Um, it looks okay. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that I'm privy to all the new video games. Um It took me a minute to try to figure out if that was actually Harrison Ford's voice, and I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But they seem to be trying to capture the feeling of Indiana Jones. Um, I mean, I'm not, I, me personally, I'm not too sure that this is going to be a big hit, but that's just my opinion. Um, They, when the, there's similarities between this and like a Tomb Raider game. Yeah. Or there's there was an Uncharted game. Um, these are games that it kind of have. I don't want to say replicated the uh, you know archaeology uh, artifact hunter games. Um, not saying that they did it better than the Indiana Jones franchise, but they certainly were there in video games before. In video game form, before yeah. Indiana Jones. Before, if this wasn't, if this is in fact the first Indiana Jones video game, um, and those are great. Those are great games. So You've I mean, played Uncharted before, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I had the first two, uh, granted, I didn't play the entire series, but they were awesome. Um, uh, you know, they capture, in some ways, they were very much, you know, not identical to Indiana Jones, but similar in a lot of ways. Um, okay. You know, having this crass character who's, you know... Uh, you know, jumping, doing all these crazy stunts and, I mean, the only thing they didn't have in Uncharted was like a whip and like a cowboy hat style thing. Um, But it had like all the charm of Indiana Jones. Um, So, I mean, this looks okay. I mean, it certainly has the music, it has the character likeness. Um, You know, I guess Lucasfilm is attached to it. So, yeah, they're trying to make this like, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, I hadn't thought that this was the first Indiana Jones game, but now that you mention it, I cannot recall any others. So perhaps that will get buzz. I mean, it like I said, it's on Xbox. I don't know if it's cross-platform, um, but I mean, it looks okay. I mean, yeah, but that's just me. Okay. But we'll see if the novelty of it and the and the and the IP of it will get a lot of likes. Um, I don't think it's going to be as popular as the Harry Potter game, but. Hogwarts Legacy. That's just me. Um, Again, that,
0: that was the highest selling game of 2023. It was like a yeah. monster, it was like 22 million copies. It's of open like that.
1: world. It's open world. Yeah, and, you know, it's people. There are still a lot of Harry Potter fans out yeah. there. It was a huge, are, huge yeah, game. and they like to play video games. Yeah. So it's it's a win win. So
0: yeah, I thought that game. Would be, if I play video games, Hogwarts Legacy would be a game I that, that on I look. I when to play five. I could be um,
1: wrong though.
0: Cool. Well, I brought that up. I mean, it was trending when it was dropped yeah. and it got a lot of social media reaction. That's not doesn't mean, necessarily mean it translates to purchases. Um, but we'll see kind of when we when it gets there.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, later on. We'll we'll try and do a better job of doing video games. I've actually considered bringing on a video game correspondent Please. to this to Please. this podcast um, cuz I think you know it would be that good to have a little great. interest. I know some of you guys have some interest that in hearing would be some great. stuff. Um, studio Box Office 2023 recap. I wanted to kind of break this down by domestic and worldwide, so I thought I'd do two different lists. Numbers. Yeah, kind of just in general, just overall. The big hitters. Um big hitters. Um domestically we're gonna talk about the studios. Um for the first time since 2015, oh, Disney yeah. Yeah. is not the winner. Mm-hmm. It's universal. Yep. One point nine three billion dollars. <laughs> At the, just the domestic box office, right? Just North America. Are we we're talking, not talking worldwide. So we're just talking the movie studios. I'm yeah. thinking of the movies. The office. movies that Universal had that were big winners, Super Jurassic, Mario Brothers. Oh, Super Mario. and um, No Oppenheimer. Jurassic. Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. Fast X also was a nice performer X. for them as well. Disney just behind $1.89 billion. So just underneath. It is down 2% from 2022. Okay. Not an awful domestic year for Disney. But again, some of their bigger films a Mansion, Indiana Jones did not perform um, as as well as they would like. They had some, some hits, Guardians 3, Little Mermaid, things like that. Those were all decently successful. Warner Brothers is in third, $1.4 billion. It is up 50% from last year. Again, the biggest win for Warner Brothers is easily Barbie, um, $636 million domestically just by itself. That is the biggest domestic film of the year. Um, Sony. million, their biggest contributor is Spider-Verse, that by itself had $381 million domestically, and then Paramount only had $837 million, it is down 35% from 2022, and again, why is that? There's no Maverick, no Top Gun, Mission Impossible was supposed to kind of replicate those numbers, and we just talked about that it didn't. Right. Maverick was a phenomenon in terms of the box office and Mission Impossible simply was not, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Worldwide, though, Joe, I wish we kind of would have played this game where I kind of gave you a guess to kind of guess the top 10 worldwide films. We'll just kind of run through. Yeah.
1: Some of them are going to be easy ones, right? Like, well, I would say for Well, yeah, I probably could tell you the top three. So I would say number that, one, as a guess, Yeah. This is just a guess, I haven't looked at your list, number one I'm going to go with is Barbie, mm-hmm. number two I'm going to say is Mario, number three I'm going to say, Ooh, this is tough actually, uh, I'm going to go with Fast, is it 10, Fast, fast X. X, Fast 10. Uh four, I'm gonna go with uh we'll say Oppenheimer.
0: He's doing this on the fly too fast. Yes, this I is am pretty doing impressive. On the
1: fly. I it's impressive that I know the names of the movies or impressive I mean I'm that I'm matching you, that I'm matching it movie for movie.
0: I didn't say movie for movie, but you're doing uh, five, good so five,
1: I'm gonna say uh Guardians of the Galaxy three.
0: You can stop at five if you want. We don't have
1: to keep uh, going. Uh I I might need some help thinking the movies. Well, if I give you Six. help, I think it'll probably give you more movies. No, it's movies, fine. Right? Six. Um, just the movies that you mentioned before. Yeah. I How about add. I just go down? Yeah, it's and then going to be tough.
0: How That's about fine. that was good? That's fine. I'll, we'll check the list when we I'm go. I'm pretty
1: sure it's Barbie and Mario. Number, number 10, backwards. Worldwide. Oh, you're going backwards.
0: Yeah. Um, Elemental from Disney Pixar. Okay. Okay. Uh, number nine. Wonka from Warner Brothers, okay. which was another solid mm-hmm. hit. Number eight was Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, okay. Part 1.
1: Okay. Number
0: seven was Little Mermaid. Okay. Number six, Across the Spider-Verse.
1: Okay, that's right.
0: Number five, Fast
1: X. Oh, so I Joe had that at up. three. Okay.
0: Number four was Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Mm-hmm. You had had okay. that at number five. Mm-hmm. So which means number three was Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Really? Uh. Um, number two, you were correct, was Super Mario, Mario Brothers. Then and number one, Barbie. Was Barbie so Joe? I'm gonna say that's really impressive for just doing that on the fly.
1: Well, I just, I wouldn't have guessed Elemental. Yeah, of course, so that's the what I meant. Wonka, yeah. but that's because we hadn't really talked about the box office of those. Yeah, but good, good section. I actually thought Fast X was gonna edge out Oppenheimer. I'm surprised. I thought that it. I thought that they would. No, because I, I think I don't that's know? more worldwide. Like I would have, I would have assumed this, too. You huh? mentioned this more mm-hmm. than once of Fast and Furious like. Is a big worldwide brand, much to my dismay. Sure, uh, I mean it's true. So I would have yeah. guessed Oppenheimer would, was not. But anyway, Oppenheimer was a huge anyway. success. Anyway,
0: Golden Globes again. Golden Globes are kind of what is considered the first big, uh, big awards award show, award of show kind yes. of going on. Oscars are have been delayed. Kind of all the way until March, mm-hmm. um, so again, there's going to be lots of little things. We're not going to do every award show, I promise, guys. Uh, but some of the bigger ones, when maybe hit on things like that, Golden Globe is the first one. It is an interesting precursor because even though maybe not every single former winner is the winner of the Oscar, but they're at least getting nominations, and it's it's somewhat of a nice precursor. I think it's over. It's like sixty percent one of either the Best Picture, Drama, or Best Picture, Comedy. Has actually won the Best Picture, so it's kind of a nice indicator, okay. kind of of that. Um, Golden Globes Best Picture Drama: Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Best Picture Comedy:
1: Poor Things.
0: Poor Things was not Barbie. Barbie was was I don't want to say shut out, but it was it mostly shut kind
1: out. Of, kind of came out of the uh, huge underdog, I would say, because yeah. it didn't get released till like December, <clears> right? Yeah. So that's crazy.
0: Best director for the first time in his career, Christopher yeah, Nolan. That's a lot cool. of people are it, a lot of people are surprised. Christopher Nolan has never won an Oscar yeah, before. Yeah. This could potentially be his year. Best actor, drama, Killian Murphy, oh, yeah, Oppenheimer. Murphy,
1: yeah. No, I was just thinking about. I caught a glimpse of his speech a little oh, bit, yeah. and how he kind of mentioned uh, Heath Ledger again. I thought yes. that was interesting. Yeah, like very. I, I don't know. Just every time I hear him talk. Granted, I don't know him personally, and I'm sure who knows what kind of person he is behind the scenes, but he just he I I uh, he strikes me as somebody who, uh, you know, is not all about the accolades, and obviously he's happy to get to win, but it's not like you know, he s- still takes the time to like yeah. reflect on the last time he got nominated for. Or the first time he got nominated, like or whatever it was. He the last time he it was. the last it was
0: time something. he accepted an award. Yes, it was. Or he That's who what passed. it was. That's what it was. Yeah, but it was a, a touching but I just, moment. But I still sure. think, yeah,
1: that like that's that says something about his character. Absolutely. So I, I yeah. appreciate that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Killian Murphy, go ahead. Sorry, that's okay. But, uh, I like the interjection. That was good. Best
0: actress, Emily, drama.
1: No, Emily Blunt. Uh,
0: no drama. Emma this Stone? is drama. So it's oh, Lily drama. Gladstone, Fires of the Killer Moon*.
1: Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Best
0: actor. This that was the only win for *Flowers of the Killer Moon*. By the way, yeah. best um, best it? actor comedy. Oh, what a comedy. Paul Giamatti, *The Holdovers*. You're kidding? No, it's it's a film that's been doing great. I will have to watch that speech because yeah. I love. He Paul gave a Giamatti. shout out to teachers. It was very cool. Did he, he really? He gave a great I'm speech. Have to check that out. Best actress drama. It was.
1: Was he, was... Bald? Was he
0: bald? Yeah, he's a bald guy. Okay. Best actress. Um... Best actress comedy. Emma Stone. Uh, that was Emma Stone. Yeah. Poor things. Best supporting actor. This is both drama and comedy. They, okay. they combine okay. these. Okay. RDJ. Oppenheimer. Best supporting actress. Devine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers. Was she the cook? Yes. Yeah, she was the cook. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so that was is glad the. I saw that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was a great movie. Uh, you had it on your top 10
1: well that was by sheer well i think you the volume it, i know i'm just you're not that. a volume shooter like me but you liked it what i'm saying is yes <laughs> it's i have to kind of stretch to even pe- put 10 movies at all let alone <laughs> this but year I we'll see, see more yeah, i see your point,
0: best yes. tv drama succession hbo yes. yeah, yeah. best tv comedy the bear fx yeah, yeah yeah best tv actor drama kieran colkin succession Macaulay Culkin's younger brother yeah best tv actress drama sarah snook succession okay. best tv actor comedy jeremy allen white the bear, the bear yeah. best tv actress comedy iowa dare the bear, the bear. The bear. Yeah. uh best the tv bear. supporting actress elizabeth de the crown which she was mm-hmm. the actress who played princess diana i thought one. she was great she was the best yeah, part of the yeah. series i talked about this when we went over it, Best TV Supporting Actor, Matthew McFadden, Succession. Mm. Best limited series, Beef, which is on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Best original score, I
1: put this in for you, Joe. Ludwig Goranson yeah, from Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer.
0: Cinematic. That and, actually makes sense. Yeah. I mean,
1: I don't remember, I mean, music. I don't remember the music being all that powerful. I remember the sound being yeah. powerful. So, I mean, I don't know. And, yeah, I mean, I, a part of me, there's... Part of me that's sad that it's no longer Hans Zimmer, and I'm not saying that they obviously are no longer friends, but they've obviously have not worked. Him and Christopher Nolan haven't worked together. I want to say since uh, since uh, I don't remember what movie it was. Maybe the I don't know, but maybe Interstellar. Okay. Because I know for uh, did Dunker- he do Dunkirk? For Dunkirk, it was this. It was this other guy too. It was Levan Gordon. I as think one? so. I think so. Bud Van
0: has an Oscar win for Black Panther. Um, I, I don't know. He could okay. he could have easily done... Um, that makes sense. I, I don't know. I could see that being good music.
1: <coughs> but I don't remember the music. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Um, the first time... We talked about this yes, before. animated.
1: Is this animated?
0: No, this oh. isn't... Well, I'll get to that. Okay, yeah. The first time um, ever his, in this category, cinematic new- and box office achievement, a movie, is Barbie. Barbie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only win that Barbie had all night. Oh, Again, it was awesome. a new category. Got it. That was invented again. They, it was kind of un- was <laughs> I mean, it was. It was kind of unclear as to the parameters. I think they okay. they literally chose the most tickets. the five the five films that sold the most the tickets. Gross, the most, yeah, yeah, that grossed the most. But which included Oppenheimer. But Oppenheimer didn't win this. But it won Best Picture. Okay. So it felt like maybe they were trying to give Barbie something. I don't know. Uh, but whatever. Um, there will not be a cinematic box office of achievement Oscar nomination okay, so don't worry yet. about it uh, not yet, maybe coming uh, best animated film, maybe the biggest upset of the night mm-hmm. The Boy and the Heron mm-hmm. um, it's a Miyazaki film, I did see it, I enjoyed it I thought it was good Is it I don't title? think it's anywhere it title? I, I saw the English dub version okay. um, it had Robert Pattinson Christian Bale uh, Gemma Chan okay. uh, had some go others go ahead. in it go,
1: go ahead. Um, it time?
0: was good um, I, I thought it was good. I, I can't say I'm a huge Miyazaka fan. Um, I've seen like Princess Mononoke and things like that, but not a lot at all. Um, the film was good, though. Yeah, We played it at work, where I work at, so we saw it there. Okay. Um, but, of course, I was a little bit disappointed Spider Verse when I think Spider-Verse is an incredible film. Um, but it is what it is. But I think both films will certainly be nominated for the Oscar, um, and we'll see what happens with that. But Boy in the Hair was probably the biggest episode of the night. But, again, there are a lot of Barbie fans out there that. We're upset that Barbie didn't win, but I think Barbie will still get a high number of Oscar nominations. But mm-hmm. I think Oppenheimer is clearly the frontrunner right now, kind of going forward. Emmy Awards, real quick. Bear. Uh, the Bear won Best Comedy, won six awards, swept mm-hmm. all the entire awards. Yeah. Beef swept Limited Series, mm-hmm. all five awards. And then Succession won for Best mm-hmm. Drama, also won three awards. Yeah. The Last of Us, Andor, Barry, Ted Lasso, Welcome to Wrexham, Poker Face, Wednesday. All Better Call out. Saul, The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, All Shut Out. Mm-hmm. Right? Mostly dominated by those three wow. series. Some unfortunate news to that be, we have to, to, to report.
1: To be fair, though, I mean, let <coughs> It's... I don't know. Been hard, it's hard it to go against be, Succession. It would be hard-pressed to take one of the awards away from one of those shows. Sure. And, and, I mean, maybe you could give it to, like, a Last of Us or something. I know yeah. you were a big fan, but, I mean...
0: But go well, ahead. What one was, of the the more acclaimed shows, kind of on TV recently, Better Call Saul, yeah. um, was on TV for five seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, had a total during its five season runs, fifty three nominations, including every year being nominated for best drama. Never Bob won. Odenkirk being nominated for best actor. It has the distinction of having zero wins, which is the highest in Emmy history, uh, versus the number of nominations. Um, so a little disappointing so the for most for
1: nominations a show. for not getting a win.
0: Yeah. Um, so a little disappointing right. in that sense, but but again, it came up, you against, know, against Game Succession, Thrones, right? Game of Thrones, and, right? I mean, it's just it's just unfortunately is what it's it like is. John
1: Stockton and the, the Michael Jordan, sure. Charles Barkley and the Jordan era. Sure, yeah. I could. That's a great. I mean, sure. Um, you, you know, yeah. If you want to, yeah. VJ Singh and the Tiger Tiger Woods area.
0: If VJ Singh played in a different era, he yeah. could be considered. Yeah, he would have won a whole bunch of other Absolutely. stuff, right? I mean, Anyway. You wouldn't have known. But that's that. Um, again, Critics' Choice happened as well. A lot of the same stuff happened. Oppenheimer kind of did a lot. The SAG Awards, um, SAG awards hasn't happened yet, but that is a good call. It's coming up. Directors' Guilds Award, things like that. Then we'll get the BAFTAs, which is the British Awards, British American Film Television um, Academy. Um, and then, of course, we'll get the Oscars. And you know I love my Oscars, so we'll do Oscar coverage as well. Would we'll you Oscar predictions just like last time, which I know is Joe's one of our least favorite moments on this show? Um, but Joe actually does a Joe that. actually has a pretty good record I would picking say picking have correct
1: seen I may have seen a more handful than I have in the past. Yeah. Especially at the holdovers and well I'm Paul Giamatti and, is definitely and gonna be uh, the Oppenheimer. I mean I've definitely seen those. Yeah.
0: So cool. Well let's uh move on to the next unless there's anything you want to talk about award season less, or we're good to go. The DCEU no has... No other movie reviews uh, to do? Nothing else that no, I got to do. No time. Got it. <clears throat> um, the DCEU, D, D, DC Comics Extended Universe, okay, is officially over. Right? Yeah. James Gunn is officially taken over the reins. Um, Superman Legacy will serve as a reboot or Chapter 1, whatever you want to call it, with possibly some actors and some characters continuing on right peacemaker things like that um but with aquaman 2 there's a clear distinction of an ending that started very much with Zack snyder and christopher nolan's man of steel um which was set up as kind of a direct competition to marvel it had a lot of its ups and downs was not as consistent as marvel i'll say that we'll talk about that when it's successes or failures but briefly aquaman 2 um it 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 has some of the magic of the first one, and that is in part, I think, uh, you know, due to just Jason Momoa being Jason Momoa, right? He's a very likable person um, on screen. He's he's a handsome guy, right? He has he's very charismatic. Um, but but the story, the
1: DC Thor,
0: sure, right? Yeah, you could say that. Um, but the story doesn't really go anywhere um you very much have a character in black manta which you had set up in the previous film um and he'd really kind of in the marketing at least was kind of set up as like he has the black trident and this is going to be cool and then he's kind of really sidelined and it really becomes a buddy film between aquaman and his brother who he has to break out of prison um again i was disappointed because i wanted it to be better i was hoping it would be better um, I think that first Aquaman is great. We'll talk about that when we do the rankings. Um, but again, not not a bad film by any stretch. I mean, you could, again, you can feel that the film is edited. You could film that stuff. Maybe they wanted to tie in other things and that was taken away from them or there were cuts and, you know, script changes. And we heard about kind of all the James Gunn kind of made these changes and things like that. And, um, you know, just not, not as cohesive, of a film as the first one. Um, but, I, you know, I, I don't think it's a cinematic failure. It's certainly not going to make a billion dollars, right? And, again, part of that is is Warner Brothers' own fault, right? And you saw that with The Flash, where they kind of, you know, kind of set it up for a failure to a certain extent, um, kind of by saying we're going to reboot everything anyway, so you don't really need to see it if you don't want to. Um, and I think that, that, did, that has not helped the DC brand at all and, and Superman there's a lot writing on Superman legacy for James Gunn right if that comes out as a flop or people don't like it they're already in trouble because they're already investing a lot in James Gunn and the stories he's telling and he's setting up directors and future stories so if that comes out as a flop and it's kind of same old same old DC they're in trouble um but those are my general thoughts on Aquaman 2 thoughts on the DCU overall successes and failures um uh i'll say this that and i've been i feel like i've been consistent on this i feel like the one thing they got right was casting i feel like a lot of the actors they cast henry cavill ben affleck for the batman you're going for maybe not the best batman of all time but the batman you're going they were going for um gal gadot jason momoa um ezra miller like they cast a lot of great people margot robbie right even though you could say those you know, the Harley Quinn films didn't hit all all as well. Mar- Harley Quinn was a hugely popular character just because of Margot Robbie's portrayal in those films. It really transcended a lot. Um, the failures of DC again mostly self inflicted failures. I you know the kind of peel the curtain back. The first Avengers film, Marvel's Avengers, again putting it in context of Marvel versus DC. That film came out, the first Avengers film came out in 2012, which was the same year of The Dark Knight Rises. Now, Warners had to finish that story. They had to give Nolan that time to finish the story. They couldn't just cut that short, Um, but they very much saw what was happening at Disney. Marvel, Disney had acquired the rights to Marvel before The Avengers came out, very much saw the kind of cash behemoth that was going to happen, and quickly kind of pivoted to, hey, we need to do this, we need to copy this, but we need to skip a bunch of steps. Right so many people forget when Marvel first came out there were two Iron Man films there was a Hulk film there was a Captain America film there was a lot of there was a Thor film there was a lot of stuff to set up to get to that first Avengers movie and even if you listen to old interviews or you hear Kevin Feige talk on some of these old you know commentary tracks or things like that behind the scenes things you know his goal was always to get to the Avengers but If Iron Man failed or Thor failed, like you never knew what was going to happen, right? There could have been a moment where it didn't happen. They had to pivot to do something else. They really very much felt like with that, they were like, okay, we're going to put out our biggest superhero in Man of Steel. That didn't hit as much as we would have wanted it to, or maybe as much as it deserved. And so now we have to throw Batman in. And now we're going to do the Justice League. And when it got to the Justice League or even BVS, that first cut, like it, it didn't, it, all of a sudden we were throwing random Justice League characters in and they didn't really feel deserved. It didn't really feel like they had built the story up to kind of get to the Flash or to Aquaman or any of these things and it really felt like a rushed felt like a rushed product compared to Marvel. And Marvel, for the most part, again, Marvel is not perfect. We've talked about their recent failures. But those first three phases, it really took its time in developing characters and bringing characters in. It wasn't just like, okay. Oh, hey, here you are in a big Avengers movie, let's get crazy, right? It was kind of have your own movie or be a side character in a movie and kind of work your way up and kind of do things like that. It really felt with DC, it was a disconnect. There was a moment where Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan were in charge of everything. Then Christopher Nolan wanted nothing to do with it. Um, and so then it was all on Zack Snyder. But then they were doing other films like The Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey and whatever. And they the films were not t- connected or tied together. And it really just felt kind of out of whack. There was not... Zack Snyder was supposed to be basically the Russo brothers and Kevin Feige all in one. And I don't think he could do that. Right? I mean, you needed Kevin Feige, who was not a filmmaker, not a director, not a writer, just to oversee it. Right? They needed a producer in a studio head like that just to oversee the story. And they didn't have that. They had Zack Snyder kind of telling this trilogy of stories that he wanted to tell. I do also think Zack Snyder... Fandom has hurt the DC brand, right? A lot of people, you know, bring back the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut, right? It became a lot of toxicity, right? I'm not saying if you're a fan, if you're a fan of Zack Snyder, you're a toxic fan. I'm not saying that at all, but there was a lot of toxicity around. If you don't like these characters the way Zack Snyder does it, then you don't like DC films. It very much became a how do I say this? It very much became Zack Snyder versus DC fans and. You know, some of them didn't meet in the middle. Certainly, there's crossover here or there, but um, that kind of restore the Ciderverse thing was not was not overly beloved by everybody. Uh, the Snyder cut was not overly beloved by everybody, and in many ways, having them release the Snyder cut on Max, even though Max was desperate for content, again, I think hurt the brand, right? It, because then all of a sudden, in interviews, Zack Snyder saying, "Oh, I wish." You know, I could continue to tell the story even though they're clearly going in a different direction, right? It doesn't, it hurts, right? And then you're kind of DC's going, well, this isn't working. So we're going to do the Batman and we're going to do Joker, critically acclaimed films. But why are we having three Batman in movies or two Batman in movies? And it just becomes all these things and, and it just didn't, it didn't work. And so having James Gunn come in to reset, clearly setting up DC Elseworlds, which will be stuff like the Joker and the Batman and stuff like that. And then hopefully have a new, fresh timeline. Uh, but again, DC, incredible characters. Right? Again, another problem with DC was television, right? They had a lot of characters on the CW, which was somewhat connected to Warner Brothers. But again, it was we're having a flash on TV and we're having a flash in the movies. We're having a Green Lantern in the movies and we're having a Green Lantern on TV. And, you know, well, there's Batwoman and there's Batman on TV and there's Superman on TV. And, you know, I mean, it just became a lot. It became too much. It just became not coherent not cohesive um there were shows that were on max they were you know cw cbs like they just tried to spread all this stuff out and it just didn't make sense at a certain point um so those are my general thoughts i know i just rambled on in part because i am passionate about it because i do like these characters a lot i do you know we'll talk about the films and and i want them to succeed right i think when dc just like when you talk about with comics and the output when dc's when DC. Writers are telling great stories. It pushes Marvel writers to tell great stories or other. It doesn't have to be Marvel versus DC. Other writers to tell great stories and do good things, right? Other films that are comic book adaptations to do great things. And if you just have one behemoth just kind of up there by itself, it really doesn't push them to be kind of the greatest because they're the only competition in town. Um, Those are my thoughts in general, Joe. I know I just rambled. I don't know if I set you up for anything, did you want to add something to the DCEU? I know you were not—you kind of gave up on it a while ago. A lot of films you didn't see.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about that in a minute when we rank all the films in the DCEU. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I was ever really on board. Yeah. Um, to me, it was kind of a one, maybe two-hit wonder. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, the, the rest of them, I—I I, I may have seen or didn't look interesting to me. Uh, or didn't get good reviews um, i mean by this time <sighs> most of these movies having co- were released after i had kind of gotten like the comic book movie fatigue yeah so i mean i there was like i said there's very few D, uh, in this dceu of these sixteen films that I would consider to be good films, there's one great one which you already know what that is, or my opinion on that is. Um, yeah, I mean, just I just one great movie to me, uh, or maybe a one, one and a two. I, sh- I would say maybe one and a two yeah. are, are great, in, um, but one I feel is a far way better than number two. But sure, in any event. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't... I was intrigued uh, just by kind of the noir, like, dark feel of the Zack Snyder films. Um, I mean, I as, as soon as BVS came out, it looked stupid to me. I saw it anyway just because somebody kind of dragged me to it. But I really had zero interest in seeing it. Um, and it really... Didn't give me any other reason. It did... After seeing it, I didn't change my opinion anyway. Um, And so I kind of... I mean, there was... I just don't feel like there were any big hits other than, like, say, for a few... To me, of the movies I saw. Um, But that's just me. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't... And I would say, again, this is post-Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Um, So, I mean, they kind of it was difficult for me to kind of separate the two, you know, when you're seeing Batman versus Superman or justice league and all these things with new Batmans. It's like, to me, I feel like it, 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 it was too soon. Um, plus I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Ben Affleck anyway. So I mean, did it make, did it make sense? His casting for the role? Sure. In that universe. But I, I I didn't feel it was captivating. Um, so I mean, yeah, that. But that's just my general thoughts. Okay. Um, do you want to just get into? Yeah, we have there, there are
0: sixteen movies total. We're not talking about any series or anything like that. Joe, why don't you just read the films off that you have not seen? So yeah. So I, then we'll just I, then we'll I, go. What from I there. did
1: was I separated it into <clears throat> two basic categories. There were five films out of the sixteen that I actually saw. Okay. Um, and the eleven that I did not see are the following. Um, Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice Justice League, Shazam, Birds of Play, Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman, Nineteen Eighty-Four, The Suicide Squad. That's the James Gunn version. Yes. Black Adam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, The Flash, Blue Beetle, and Aquaman: The Lost Kingdom. So this is more than half, way more than half of the movies okay. I did not see, and they, I would say, of the ones I listed just now, I don't really know that any really catch my eye. That's... Okay. So, why don't you go ahead and... Yeah, yeah. So I, have, so, I have... So, I will start at five. So, why don't you go to the... to yeah. 16 to, to five.
0: I have broken down and my list. I've broken down my list into, into three tiers. separate categories. One is is a list of five that I think are just bad movies.
1: Okay.
0: Um. The other six are okay films not okay, great okay. and then that'll take us to five okay and those five for me i think are top quality films okay, okay. then we'll alternate a five all right that's fine. <clears throat> bad movies number 16 justice league uh, i think it's the worst movie um, in the canon um, and it probably should have been the biggest and the best um, 15 wonder woman 1984 totally undoes everything that the first wonder woman does uh, makes diana really just a soft character not a great character even pedro pascal's in the movie he couldn't save it um Kristen Wiig is awful as cheetah um in it and again the film completely undoes any goodwill that the first wonder woman does uh, number 14 is suicide squad this is the david ayer film um awful movie uh 13 birds of prey margot robbie cannot save this movie awful 12 shazam fury of the gods which is a sequel that just came out this year not not no not nearly as much charm as the first movie um the gimmick is now everybody in the family is now part of the the special powers and they can chase they can all sh- say excuse me they can all say shazam and they can turn into their respective superheroes but again you got that gimmick at the end of the first film you didn't get anything new in the second film They bring in Helen Mirren for some reason I kind of save the film and be the bad guy. But, of course, she's not really the bad guy, right? She's just trying to do this for her own family. Rachel Zegler's in it for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. Um, And, again, completely undoes everything good from the first film. Um, Those are five films that I absolutely hated. Um, Films that I think are okay but not great, not necessarily rewatchable, but I think they're passable films, I think you can get something out of it. Number eleven, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. I just talked about it, right? There's redeeming qualities from the actors, um, things like that. But that's about it. Number ten, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Again, it is certainly a more coherent film than Justice League, right? Again, the trajectory of the story starting at Man is still makes more sense when you see it through this lens, right? You start to you see the actual path that he has. Again, when you rewatch *Man of Steel*, the path that he has set these characters on, it makes sense how we got there. Um, it still doesn't mean it's a great movie though, and it's like four hours. Like it's not, you know, he's not exactly shooting the Godfather over here. Um, number nine, *Black Adam*. Again, not a great movie at all. It's it's not good in a lot of places. But again, I like The Rock. There's something charming about The Rock, kind of, and I think he is good in the Black Adam role. Like he's a good, it's a good part for him. Right, it's a different part for him too, right? He's not—it's not the straight hero, right? It's kind of a the you know the hero that is somewhat bad and kind of mischievous. And I think that's a good part for him. Um, there's just not a lot of good stuff around him um, to kind of work with. Number eight, The Flash, which was this year again. I think there's there's good performances. Ezra Miller is a good performance. <clears throat> it was nice to see Michael Keaton back as Batman again. I, there's there's certainly a nostalgia play in there for me um ben affleck has a really nice cameo a really touching moment within the film um i don't really care i don't want people to bash the george looney george clooney moment again i think it's just whatever um there was
1: a george clooney moment in
0: it yeah he's batman right because it's from this universe so again uh yeah i don't know how much i want to go into the flash but he he goes into all these universes well he go he basically he basically goes into a different universe where his mom's alive and that's the universe that Michael Keaton is and then he gets out of that universe and he thinks he's going to see Ben Affleck again um, and he's like oh Bruce and then you know George Clooney gets out of the limo or whatever and that's it right he's in this you know but again whatever um, uh, but again I, I think there are redeemable moments in The Flash right there are some good performances there are some good moments um, in it um, and I, and again, for that, for that, it's in the good, not great category. Um, and then number seven, uh, BVS, uh, Batman versus Superman. I, I wish I could say just the director's cut. Cause I think that's a far superior film. Again, it is much longer. It's like an hour longer film. Um, but unlike justice league, I do think the extra hour, the extra time in the film actually adds something to the film. Mm-hmm. You get more of the characters, you get more of their motivations, um, you get more happening, especially with Bruce, um, which you get more just kind of that background into it. And I think it actually helps the film. You get more of a Diana setup in BVS, the director's cut, right in BVS. She really shows up to that one party and then she's kind of in the end, she's Diana in, in the director's cut. She's given a little more screen time, um, which again, makes it a little more believable that she's showing up as Wonder Woman. Um, In this fight. And then number six, um, the last film in this category is Shazam. I think this film somewhat got downgraded simply because of Shazam Fury of the Gods. But if I'm looking at it just from the film perspective, I think it's a good film. I think Zachary Levi is perfectly, again, perfectly cast in the role um, for it. But um, Joe has a a puzzled look on his face.
1: There's one, okay. That's fine. I'm just perplexed. Cause okay, we'll get there. There's a movie that you haven't listed yet that came out. Recently. Yes. Yes. And you think that's an amazing movie.
0: I think okay. it's really top quality. Okay. Um, right. But Shazam, that's fine. That's fine. Um, again, I, the first one I think is very good. Um, and, uh, it, you know, Jamon hansu is very good in it. Uh, Mark Strong is the villain. He gives a good performance. Right. It's a good supporting cast um, around him in a, in a, in a very charming um, film. So, that is number six for me. So, we are on five. All of the films that I will list from here on, I think, are quality films. And then everything Joe will list are simply the five films he's seen. And he could break it down from there. Yes, I will. So, go ahead, Joe. We'll Um, start with you with five.
1: Yeah, these are the... these, And and to me, there's really only, like, three movies in this entire whatever pantheon that I think are worth watching, in my opinion. um, Number five and number four are simply the movies that I've seen, but they are not even close, they don't even hold a candle at all to the top two, let alone the third one. Number five for me is Suicide Squad, this is the one with Will Smith, it was absolutely horrible. Um, I couldn't wait to walk out of this film, Uh, the acting was horrible, the story was terrible, The the only thing that made, well there was a few minor, I wouldn't say the only thing, there's a few things in there, that made it somewhat tolerable, and that was obviously Margot Robbie, as well as Jared Leto, as well as um, the leader, I forget her name. Viola Davis? Viola Davis, yeah. They were the only ones that made this kind of a bearable movie. Will Smith was terrible. The story was awful. When they have this moment where they're all kind of hanging out in the bar, and like they have to have some kind of kumbaya moment before they go fight. like It was just... Awful, yeah, so awful. I that is the sole reason why I have no reason, in, why I have zero interest in seeing the Suicide Squad. Perhaps I should because perhaps because I'm sure from everything you've said, as well as I'm sure the reviews, uh, it's a lot better and not even close. But that just left such a horrible taste in my mouth that I want nothing to do with anything with with, with, with the Suicide <laughs> Squad. Um, that's at number five for me because it was just so god awful. Number five is
0: Blue Beetle. Um, it is, I think, an incredibly underrated film. Um, again, a film that I think DC, box office wise and marketing wise, publicity wise, shot itself in the foot um, by kind of again making this big change while these other films were happening. This film was also released during the actor strikes, so it couldn't really be promoted or anything, which again didn't help its its bottom line. Um, but I think it's a fantastic film. Um, Again, really no connection to other characters, really just this character um, in Miami who's trying to kind of find his way. He gets, again, I'm not going to go into developing the story, but kind of gets this basically Egyptian blue beetle attached to his back, which gives him superpowers, um, which was kind of developed in a lab. Right, again, it's a kind of rags-to-riches story to a certain extent, right? And he kind of finds finds a girl, falls in love with the girl who's out of his class, but he also helps her, helps his family, helps his neighborhood. Um, I think it's a really good film. George Lopez is fantastic in it, um, kind of as his funny uncle. Um, and yeah, I you know, James Gunn has talked about how there's a couple actors in roles that will continue on. In his new DCEU, and he has specifically pointed out Blue Beetle. Again, just the actor playing Blue, Blue Beetle. That doesn't mean they're going to acknowledge this film or the events or anything like that, but he was so good in it um, that he's going to carry on. So that's number five for me.
1: Uh, number four for me, uh, I mentioned this earlier, uh, BVS. Um, I would say mm-hmm. it had moments that were, that were good, but they were few and far between. There were certainly more moments... Way more moments in that in BVS that were enjoyable over the Suicide Squad. It's hard to find anything redeemable about about Suicide Squad. BVS at least had, uh, of course, I didn't write their names down. Jesse Eisenberg as kind of uh, Lex Luthor. Lex yeah. Luthor. That was that was kind of well, as you say, very good casting. Um, but the whole concept of Batman versus Superman. Even from the trailer, it just never appealed to me. The whole concept of it sounds completely ridiculous and bogus. I mean I had someone trying to convince me otherwise, like saying that well Superman's a nice guy, that's why he doesn't it's why he can't actually kill Batman and that's to his detriment. It's like that's just a stupid it just seems like a dumb argument to make. like he could literally flick his finger and Batman would be dead like. Right. It just seems like a silly idea to me. Yeah. Again, like Civil War, it just seems silly that you're fighting against each other when you're not actually. No one's gonna actually. And everyone die. knows
0: that at the end of the movie you're gonna be fighting yeah, together. Yeah.
1: It's just I, I. You're never. You're not gonna have any the entire yeah, time. It, I mean, again, the only thing there were some plot. I don't want to say plot twists, but interesting things along the way. As I say, the first time you see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, uh, you got to see, as I say, Jesse Eisenberg as as. Uh, as Lex Luthor, you had actually Superman die. Again, that was kind of interesting. You know, I hadn't seen that before. Um, but just the whole concept of it, I never bought into. Ben Affleck as Batman, I, it, sorry. Sorry, it just doesn't, does not, I do not buy it what, whatsoever, even if it's in this verse. So for me, BVS is number four. Number four is a film
0: that has grown on me over the years. It is Man of Steel. Um, I think it's a... It's a really good film. It's a really beautiful film. It has a lot of touching cinematography, a lot of touching underlying moments about family um, and about growing up and finding your way in the world. It doesn't, doesn't mean you have to be an alien from a different world. It's really you know Clark Kent finding himself in a lot of ways. Um, I understand why a lot of people have problems with this film. It very much is a different Superman than the one they read in the comics, which is why I think there's a lot of hate towards this film. Um, And You know, this film was the kickoff to the DCEU, so a lot of people got off board kind of early on, right? Versus just kind of saying, hey, this is just an adaptation of this character. This is just a version of this character. Um, The film works a lot of the time um, kind of in a darker, somber mode, but then it doesn't some of the times, for me at least. um, It very much does feel like we're trying to make, you know, the Dark Knight story kind of for superman which again works for a lot of people um it didn't work for everyone for me i was kind of mixed on it at first but i have grown to appreciate the film more kind of as time has gone by it's a really great supporting cast overall right i mean i'm sure joe's gonna list more than i am but again kevin costner russell crowe like a lot of great supporting actors kind of putting their name on this project a young henry cavill um this was kind of his first big time role mostly known only for TV shows at that point. Um, This is an incredible type of piece. Even in Amy Adams, I think she brings a lot to it, um, kind of in a supporting role. Um, Again, what I think the film does really well is it sets up a lot for future stories, Um, not just for Superman, but for the kind of story going forward overall, which there is some payoffs in BBS and Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, I don't know if the payoffs that you get in Zack Snyder's Justice League are worth it. Um, But there is certainly a lot of nice early setup in Man of Steel
1: um, that does happen. So, number four, Man of Steel. Uh, For me, number three. Again, now we're getting into, I guess, the films that are worth watching, uh, in my opinion, of the movies that I saw. Um, This one, I would say that I've softened. It has softened. Um, on me um, I mean it may it did really really well at the box office um, but I would say that I liked it when I first saw it but looking back on it now I'm not sure that it really that the story really sold me because again it's more again an, an another origin story that I wasn't really that I didn't really care about um, it was certainly pretty um, but I also felt like the story itself was bland that I and that I had seen before in a handful of other Marvel movies, namely Thor. Um, even though the performances were good by Willem Dafoe and uh, Jason Momoa, um, I really didn't care about his brother quarrel. That was again to me a la Thor and Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, I Again, I just that that really and I and I didn't really care so much about the Mantis uh, character again that I that I didn't that did not, uh, you know, having him kind of be wasted in the film. I again, I hadn't read the the comics, so I didn't have any affinity or any connection to him. Um, But I mean, Jason Momoa was what made this movie cool. Um, Again, aside from it looked really, really cool pretty like it was very well shot the you know but i but I, again just it seemed like another run of the mill origin story to me um so uh again i would say this movie certainly is separates itself from bbs and suicide squad but it does not enter in the movies that i think are amazing that i want to own that i would rewatch. so aquaman for me
0: number three is aquaman for me as well um i i think it's a um it's a really fun movie Uh, i think i I remember why i remember leaving the theater with you but i remember just having fun like i remember just walking out going that was just a fun time and i think a lot of dc films at that point i tried to be a darker tone it had to try to be a more somber tone it tried to be kind of this overcast tone um this kind of zack snyder look right which was kind of dark and bleak and this was a bright film this was underwater it was unique It was new character, it was new stories, and we didn't really get anything from Aquaman in BVS, and even, you know, Justice League, it kind of glosses over the character, so this was really the first time we were getting Jason Momoa kind of in a full Aquaman, and he fully commits to the role, you kind of believe that he's this guy, and it's a fun character, and it's a fun movie, Um, and yeah, I think it's certainly over the top a lot of the time with the CGI, with the characters, and... The underwater animals and stuff like that—it's kind of silly, but it's it's fun though, right? And I, you know, for me, I'm, I can rewatch and I can go, yeah, it's fun. It makes me feel good, right? It's not a laugh out loud comedy by any stretch, but I kind of go, yeah, this is fun. Good action sequences, um, yeah. And again, I think it—you know—James Wan helps off certainly as the director. So, number three, Aquaman.
1: Number two for you, Joe. Number two for me. Sorry, I was just writing down the uh, the other actor in this. I was trying to find him, and now I can't find him. But that's all right. Maybe you can remind me of the evil villain in this character, or the actor. I don't remember his name. Uh, anyway, uh, for me again, uh, number two. Uh, it's this to me again separates itself from three uh, as being a movie that I would rewatch again. Um, again, just this movie, not any sequel or anything after that. Um, and this is Wonder Woman. Uh, Gal Gadot to me was perfectly, perfectly casted. Again, you hit a nail, You hit, you hit it on the head when you said that. Um, they had some great casting and Gal Gadot being one of them. Um, this, and also it stars Chris Pine again, fresh off star, Star Trek. So this was kind of, you know. Uh, as the love interest but i thought it was great kind of the loss of innocence type uh the story that it had um you know the the, again had connie nielsen robin wright like when they when she was on her quote-unquote island um again i knew nothing about the character um again and i don't know if this is directly related to the comics but i still thought it was a great story together again kind of this innocent um you know uh you know, superhero um, who doesn't really know how to fit in, quote unquote, with the like outside of her island. Um, and I don't and I did and I could not find the villain. I know Danny Houston is in it, but he's not the main guy. I forget the other. Uh, I think, it's, I think Thuis, it's David Thoulis. David yeah, David Thoulis. Yeah, he was great. Uh, but I, I would say that that little twist really, I didn't really. Uh, not that that twist was bad. I just, I mean, I kind of saw it coming, I guess is what I'm saying. So it really didn't surprise me that, that, that he was like the actual Aries. Um, I mean, again, there was some, I don't want to say solace, but there was some redeeming, not that there's not redeeming qualities in the movie, but it, what saved it for me was having Chris Pine not survive. I'm not saying that that's pleasant, but I'm saying that it makes for, to me, a more realistic movie when not everybody survives at the end. And then in Wonder Woman 1984, apparently he's back. So that was why, like, you, you had me you had me lost when it shows that he's back. Um, but this movie is great. Uh, again, a very interesting story that I knew nothing about. Great casting, great acting, great... You know, again, it had the feel of the noir type thing, like the black and white. Obviously, takes place in like World War One, so that was kind of interesting. Um, t- that time period, um, again, uh, to me, it seemed unique enough that I was really captivated and intrigued. So, Wonder Woman for me was two.
0: Number two is The Suicide Squad, the James Gunn film. I think this is certainly the film that obviously gets him the job full time um, going forward. Again, it's, it's it's Guardians of the Galaxy rated R, right? I mean, to a certain extent. Um, but you he really understands these characters. He really knows these characters. He really has an affinity for these characters. There's lots of references to the world outside of these characters. Um, and you can tell that he has a knowledge about them and the world that he kind of wants to set, the tone he wants to set. This is the only film that I really loved Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn in um great characters you know John Cena as Peacemaker incredible performance right I mean just so good in it um Idris Elba in in the film right I mean there's lots of great actors that that kind of appear in this movie um but it also pays homage to the previous films um as well again I love everything about it um Sylvester Stallone as as King Shark so funny hilarious in every capacity um i i can't tell you the difference in seeing the film versus the versus suicide squad i mean it's just night and day um and and again i I love everything about this movie again it's a movie that's funny um great action sequences though makes me feel good watching it um and that's the suicide squad
1: uh for me number one really no surprise uh you know matt kind of knew where where i was going to put number one here uh, Man of Steel, uh, Zack Snyder's uh, first movie, um, and I do appreciate that he says that the movie is warming on him. I, you know, maybe that's because I've, i he's heard me, he's heard me, give praise to this movie countless times. Um, but I agree, it has a great cast. Um, I find the story extremely captivating. Um, I feel that it does. Um. Although it is a different story than the original Superman with Christopher Reeve, I do think it's as good um, in terms... And I could watch this movie and have it be done. I don't need to watch a sequel. I don't need to watch a world where all where Superman is in. I don't need to see Justice League. To me, this movie can stand alone. To me. Um, the music is amazing. Hans Zimmer, the soundtrack is one of my favorite soundtracks. I mentioned this. As his soundtracks of Hans Zimmer, this would be number two. I, I at one point, or at least in the top five, um, to me, it perfectly encapsulates the feeling that I get when you think of Superman. Um, I, again, I kind of liked the noir feel to it. I liked that it was kind of like it had a it had you know the darker colors to it. But then when he's on like the snow trying to fly, you see the sun come out. Like I thought that was just it was just great. I loved everything about it. Um, Russell Crowe as uh, Jarl. Um, you had Amy Adams as, as, as Lois Lane. You had Lawrence Fishburne as kind of the, the runner of the Daily Planet. You had Diane Lane and, as you mentioned, Kevin, Kevin Costner. Michael Shannon was great as Zod. You even had some people like Christopher Maloney, who was known for SVU. I thought he was great in it. Um, Richard, I think his name is Richard Schiff. He's the one that plays the scientist, kind of the doubting scientist. You had Harry Harry Lennox, Harry Lennox, who was in who was in. Uh, the The matrix he was in the matrix too what what did you say he was on the blacklist for years. yeah yeah i mean he was great as like you know one of the generals like i just i i say that was it it had such a good cast and i don't feel it disappointed to me i loved everything about the story um that to me it's hard and and i know that mac has one of the big criticisms and i'm sure it's and he's not the only one saying that superman doesn't kill people that's fine I didn't read the comics, so and again, maybe that's why VBS makes sense um, to me. I thought it was a very like uh, emotional moment that was a lot better than say the Star Wars Return of the Sith when Darth Vader finds out that Padme's dead and he just yells no, like with like that was horrifically bad. I contrast that with the Man of Steel where he actually has to where he quote unquote where he does kill Zod. The last of his people, but he had to make that choice. Um, I find that to be like a good, a very difficult decision, and I believe that decision. Um, I believe that I, I feel for him in that moment, but that's just me. Uh, great movie again. I know that Christopher Nolan is just a producer on it, but that certainly got me on board. I remember seeing the trailers and seeing that he was attached to it. This was right after The Dark Knight, and I had to watch it. Um, it's one that I'll watch over and over again, but that's just me. Man of Steel.
0: Harry Lennox as the army general was one of the great Easter eggs in the movie, um, which does pay off in, in Zack Snyder's Justice League. he is Martian Manhunter. Um, and that's an incredible, um, cameo that if you know the books, you know what, you know exactly what Zack Snyder is setting up in Man of Steel. It's an incredible reveal. Um, but it's, it's one of my favorite ones, um, that comes through. Oh. Um, number one is Wonder Woman. I know it's not an original choice, um, but I think this is the one movie that will stand the test of time um, for the DCEU I think yeah. other films well, other would, films will probably, be there probably uh, but this yeah. is the film that people are gonna remember as one of the most more iconic comic book films whether it is or not it, it really you know is that um certainly and again a lot of it is it, you know iconic shots right when she's walking out of the when she walks onto the battlefield and she kind of uses the shield on her arms to kind of deflect the bullets. Like those are iconic film shots Mm. that, you know, when you talk about movie montages and collection, you know, that's a shot that's played. Um, There's some incredible shots in the movie, some incredible Mm. moments in the movie. Um, Gal Gadot, I believe the entire time she is Wonder Woman. And you know, that this, you know, the moments that she's learning about the world and the evil of man and the evil of society and, you know, she is this genuine person who wants to do well, right? Who wants to help people who, you know, she sees people dying on the battlefield or she sees people struggling in the streets. You know, she's, she represents everything that's good in the world. Right. And and the idea that, that she can make a difference and it's not just her that can make a difference. She tries to inspire that in everyone. She inspires that in the men that are with her, that they can make a difference. She inspires that in the secretary that's with her, that she can make a difference And Chris Pine, who at a certain point is is a lost character, right? He is kind of jaded about life and he is not happy. And, and, and you know, and he, she inspires him and he makes a sacrifice. And, and it's just a beautiful film overall. Mm-hmm. Um, again, Joe said it perfectly in, in like kind of the fish out of the water thing, right? I mean, she mm-hmm. really is, What's a good note you know, she is, she is learning. She's learning about the world and she's learning about, Again, the really obvious answer is is the evils in the world, but she's learning that there are good people in the world also, and that there are good people, and that she has the ability to inspire these people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's an incredibly beautiful story. So, Wonder Woman for me is number one. Um, you know, it came out after um, it came out after BVS, so there was kind of a moment there. It came out after BVS, and it came out after Suicide Squad. So there were a lot of people that were like, eh, "I don't know," and then Wonder Woman comes out, and it's like, "Holy crap, this is amazing!" Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the next movie they do is Justice League, and that just kind of tanks people back off again. Um, so again, a couple, I think, beautiful, incredible films stuck in what was not a great franchise. So overall, I'm going to say I'm, I'm happy that they are rebooting it to a certain extent, um, just because I think it's they need to just move on um, with it. Theme parks um i I thought one of the things we thought we had a great end of the last pod episode 200 where we talked about the end of the year stuff what we're looking forward to one of the things i thought we just kind of brushed by that i just brushed by was theme parks and what attractions we're looking forward to in 2024 i felt we didn't really give it the proper love that we normally give theme parks here on this podcast so i wanted to kind of revisit it Um, I was searching on a website that I kind of peroused and get some news from, Mm attractionsmagazine.com. They do some great stuff. They had a number of articles that are talking about future stuff. Um, But I sent a link to Joe. There's a lot of stuff happening in 2024 in theme parks all over the world. Some stuff Joe and I will never experience in our lives. But hey, we thought it might look cool. There's a number of things I put. Um, I put five things down here that I thought looked really cool kind of going forward yeah joe do you, you have anything you five, do you, i'll just go first um um one thing that i put that again this actually may be a real possibility for me visiting um mattel adventure park in arizona hmm. um just because it's arizona it's not that far <laughs> it's in phoenix right i can get a fight to phoenix um i get you know i can go there um Is phoenix yeah like Glendale, like outside yeah, Glendale, of Phoenix, yeah. Glendale, Glendale, um, so outside that. of Phoenix, yeah. um, but you close enough. Um, and again, there's know, you know I, there's I know. there's you know some you know like attractions like Hot Wheels roller coasters mm-hmm. and things like that. And, yeah. um, I, I was, mostly put that I wrote that down too. Okay, not for
1: the land, just the roller coasters sounded yeah. interesting. Like they're trying to mimic the actual like little toys that people would yeah. use where they would go on the track. So I think that's a clever. To me, that's a seamless. Seems like a seamless yeah. way to make a roller coaster around an IP. Yeah, that that doesn't seem like a big stretch, is what I'm yeah. saying. because the cars obviously do loops and things
0: like. that. And again, it's going to be all just Mattel stuff. Yeah, right. So there's, it's just going to be its own little thing, yeah, and, and it's Barbie be cool? and things like that yeah.
1: too. It wasn't just, it's not just Hot Wheels, but yeah, I thought cool. it was kind of.
0: Cool. Well, I luck that we had that one together. Yeah, yeah I wrote,
1: Well, I just I, I wrote down it was called the Bone Shaker Ride. Like you're oh, that's the that's, that's one of Stella. the okay. one of the two roller coasters.
0: Anyway, cool. I put um, DreamWorks Animation Land that is opening up in late 2024 in Universal Studios Florida. Um, we are a little sparse on details in terms of attraction details, but they have said there will be attractions based on Shrek, Madagascar. Um, I think it was How to Train Your Kung Dragon. Pad, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, so again. I, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be, it could be geared very much towards younger kids, right? Mm-hmm. It could be, but, you know, it could be like a Fantasyland type of a thing, yeah. right, where it's got kind of hits from, you know, rides or attractions, meet and greets from all these characters. And again, even if you're in Disneyland, I still go to Fantasyland, right? You still walk through. You can still yeah, hop yeah. on Mr. Toad every once in a while. Like every time every I go. Every once in a while. Every yeah. time I go. Every time. Um,
1: so I put DreamWorks Animation Land, Universal Studios Florida uh yeah i just put some more rides uh, one that you may have written down i don't know i I put rides. i thought this was kind of interesting uh donkey kong roller coaster in universal studios japan look at that and then they're gonna bring it to orlando it just sounded a lot more interesting than the mario than the mario kart oh bro you Um, gotta
0: ride it dude it's so cool
1: Mario Kart. I, I heard it was kind of eh. You didn't hear that from me. Okay, I know because well, in any event, um, this actually looks like a fun roller coaster. Again, they didn't have any like animation of uh, you know, what the coaster is going to look like, or in terms of like the actual ride itself. But apparently, it's supposed to simulate like you like changing tracks, like but, like King, like Donkey Kong, like bashing down on the ground, and then you sh- his shake him, you shaking to your. You know, him shaking off your coaster kind of thing. Yeah. That sounds intriguing. Again, I have to kind of see what actually it looks like. But anyway, it just kind of caught my eye. Yeah. Um,
0: I wrote that down too. Minecart cool. Madness at Universal Studios Japan. Uh, DK um, roller coaster is part of the expansion of Super yes, Nintendo World.
1: Yeah. Cool. So uh, Go ahead. Yeah, I wrote that, that one, one down. That so one, go ahead. Uh, probably these I don't think you wrote down, which is fine. Um, this one actually intrigued me only because I couldn't really find a, a ride-along um, because it hasn't been finalized yet, but it sounded intriguing again, uh, the idea of it. The name of this is called the Voltron Nevera. Um, this is a roller coaster that's going to be in the Europa park, which is in Germany. Apparently this is like based off of like a, uh, again, the theming is like Nikolai Tesla, which sounds kind of cool. I mean, they have, like, a fancy trailer, like a live-action trailer, but it's, like, people acting. It's not, like, pretending to, like, design some electrical thing. Um, Doesn't really show you the roller coaster, but that's fine because I tried to watch something. But it sounded intriguing, like, it has, like, you know, this theming that I thought was unique that I had never seen before um, based off of, like, a Nikolai Tesla. So I thought that was intriguing. Again, a roller coaster, so that's what I wrote down. Cool. The, Volt- the Voltron Navarra. Uh I know I mentioned
0: this when we, did, we talked at the end of 2023, but Tiana's Bayou Adventure at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. Again, we're starting to get some um, images coming out from the construction and inside. Again, it just looks really cool. Um, I was a huge fan uh, of the film The Princess and the Frog um, and then Tiana's Palace, which I just ate at last time I was there. Again, I think it's a really cool kind of expansion of new Orleans square right kind of expanding that that all the way down to what was formerly known as splash mountain again i know people have strong feelings about splash mountain and the, and the change and, and i get that um right it, and for many people it's a disney classic they grew up with it i understand when they change these things it, it's can be frustrating or you know whatever um not whatever but you know can be disappointing for people um but the fact that they're keeping kind of the ride track, they're keeping kind of mostly that feel to it, um, I, I think it's very cool. And, again, it just looks really cool. So, Tiana's Bayou Adventure, both at Disneyland and Walt Disney World.
1: Uh, I wrote down a – it's a flume ride. This is in SeaWorld, San Antonio. It seems kind of odd. They have a SeaWorld in San, San Antonio and it's – Yeah, SeaWorld's all over. But I just – it's not by the sea. I, I, <laughs> That's why they have the land there. It's kind of odd <laughs> uh, to me. But anyway, uh, this is the name of this ride is called Catapult Falls. And it looked interesting okay. because it's a, it's a flume ride, kind of like the Whitewater Rapids or the log ride that they used to have at Great America. But it actually has a vertical lift elevator to take you to the top. So basically, you're kind of going along in one of these big tubes, like a, you know an a la Jurassic Park-sized tube. or or, or ride and then it lifts you up like vertically straight and then you kind of go out onto the track and then go down and anyway it's just seemed kind of interesting instead of a lift hill it it just lifts it's a vertical elevator. Um, so that looked intriguing. Again, they have these like animated, uh, you know, ride throughs. It looks kind of fun. Yeah. Um, so it caught my eye. Again, you're kind of going under a bridge at the very big, be- at the, at, at, after the drop. Nice. But just a very unique type of setup for the ride. Cool. Um, so that caught my eye. Anyway, Catapult Falls, it's a flume ride and, uh, SeaWorld San Antonio. Next time
0: you're in Texas, you gotta let me know. Yeah how it is next time Um, the last thing i wrote um, is something that i will be able to experience going forward at some point um star tours at disneyland and walt disney world and disneyland paris which is where all the star tours locations are just like it does when new shows new movies come out it's getting a new layover um this new ride layover is going to feature a sokatana which i think is very cool so again if you've been on star tours um, you know that you've been on it multiple times, not just one time, obviously. You've been on it multiple times. You know that you go on different journeys with R2, T2, and C-3PO. You guys visit other characters. It's not necessarily tied to one time frame, right? There are rides that you go on. You see Kylo Ren. There are rides you go on when you see Darth Vader. You see Yoda, right? You see, you know, Leia. Um, and again, so this one is just going to be a new layover. This has a Tana. They've done new layovers every time there's been a new movie. Right, you, there's new ones with Oscar Isaac and John Boyega, you know, Finn and Poe, right? There's one with, with uh, Ray, right? And so there's lots of layovers. I, I don't know how they rotate the old ones. I don't really know kind of how they do that. But uh, Ahsoka Tana, a very popular character, Ahsoka season two is confirmed. They're going to start filming that somewhat soon. Um, so again, it makes sense that they're doing this. Um, there was talk that there was going to be a Mandalorian kind of layover, but again, the Mandalorian... You know, I, I don't know if he would fit in in this type of ride, but again, they kind of bring these characters in that they're gonna still work with for a long time. Is very cool, and that'll be opening up this spring. Actually, Rosario Dawson has already filmed um, the sequences for it. Um, so very cool. So that's that's that. And
1: you have one more, right? Oh, yeah. Jeff? The last one I wrote down is a uh, I guess this the there's a ride at probably the roller coaster capital of the world or so it's advertised uh, at Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio. Uh, They are modifying and, I guess, changing slightly the Top Thrill Dragster. They're going to now call it Top Thrill 2. And I guess what they're doing is they're changing it from a single launch to now you kind of go backwards and forwards. But the track looks to be kind of the same or similar uh but now it's instead of you going from like 0 to 120 in like a matter of seconds by like some giant rubber band it's going to be like a, a magnetic launch and then as you go forward it you know you go up and then you go back down it shoots you back um faster going backwards and then you finally when you go down forward it's going to shoot you one more time that's when you get the real fast jolt I guess to up to 120, where you kind of go up to the top hat and then come back down. So it's going to be, I guess, kind of yeah. It's a slightly different variation of the ride. You got to go to that place sometime but, in your life, Joe. Uh, yeah, it looks to be a, certainly different. Um, I mean, I don't know that it's going to have. I, I I don't know if it's going to have kind of like the feel of you drag racing a car as the other one did, with like the stop. You know, the lights kind of changing as as you go, as the lights change from red to yellow to green, to signify when you're going to go, I, I have to see that. But it looks like they're changing the launch mechanism, um, which I think makes sense because uh, from what I've heard or from things I've read, like maintaining, it's not a giant, it's not a rubber band, but it's made of like metal. But in any event, that I'm sure that thing is like hard to maintain um, and can get wear and tear. So in any event, uh, magnetic magnets are the way to go.
0: Awesome. All right, guys. I know that was a jam-packed episode, but we have been missing you, so we wanted to give you guys as much pod time as possible. We will be back next week. Uh, Next week, we're looking forward to uh, February, so we'll talk about some films coming out, one interesting film in particular, and then um, some streaming shows and some streaming series are coming back, Uh, new and older coming back next year.
1: everything's getting... uh, I that the strike is... And COVID, I know I'll say it's over, but... Strikes are over, for sure. Strikes are over, yeah. and now people are uh, going back to work Working. and making shows. So you got all these shows coming back. No more reality TV.
0: All right. That is um, episode 201. Joe, thanks for, for all everything you do. Yep, thanks for having me. As always, uh, please like, share, comment, rate, review, and subscribe. And we'll see you guys next week. All right. Take care, everyone.